we are, are back. back. And we are in Twin Peaks. <laughs> oh, wrong music? Sorry. Nah, the right music. Yeah, uh, we're finally in the town of Twin Peaks. Bite the bullet, baby. <laughs> Just a little tease. This is great. Who's going to be showing up? Yeah, but this is great because it's like, oh, yeah, uh, we hear the Twin Peaks theme. We're right back in the show. Yep. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I see Laura walking around. I'm like, that's real weird. She's alive. I'm alive. Yeah, it's it's strange to see it's Laura weird. out and that about. First, it really is yeah. that first time when you just suddenly see her walking. You're like, that's weird. Like, whoa. <laughs> that's, whoa. Aren't you dead? Yeah. Isn't that the whole point of this? Yeah. Is that you are dead? Yeah. Uh, so she's walking to school. Mm-hmm. She gets greeted by Donna. Mm-hmm. Definitely Donna. Does she? Donna! Well, uh, I mean, yeah. She calls her Donna. Why? Yep. <laughs> Why like, does she call her Donna? Like, because... I, I watched this on my birthday, and I was texting Patrick live as I was watching it, just to give him running commentary. And I said... I think my last two texts were, Laura. And then, well, that's not Donna. <laughs> it's not Donna. And total transparency. Don't remember anything else from the movie. <laughs> because I was so, so confused, confused about Donna. <laughs> um, what the hell is happening? Yeah, so Laura Flamboyle chose to not do this movie. She mm-hmm. um, didn't want to get typecast. No, I've heard conflicting right. things. Yes. I think I think she was committed to something else, but I also heard she just didn't want to do it. So who knows? I don't. I couldn't find like a confirming interview with her to be like, "What are your thoughts?" <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I wouldn't have blamed anybody for not wanting to return to the role, just because. Yeah, the show had been canceled. It had been a year, mm-hmm. and but I thought they were already filming. No, no, no. So the show was canceled in the summer of ninety one. And they started filming in September of 91. Okay. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't have blamed anybody if they were just like, yeah, no, I'm going to let that But go. even at that point, I mean, pre-production was, hard. well. I, I From what I read, it's hard It's hard to tell. It seems like it got announced in like July, like after the thing. So who knows? Hmm. I mean, maybe Lynch was already talking about it, but it's not like he had everyone locked in. And from what I heard, the original script, I mean, obviously there were changes we saw with like Cooper, um, supposedly you know, doing the Teresa Banks case, but I think Ben Horn and, and Audrey, I think they all had roles that the actors opted not to do. Um, and so it was just, they were just written completely out, which that's actually one thing I wish, I wish there was more. I would have loved to see Laura at one eye Jacks. Yeah. World. I would have just, that would have been a nice touch. I know they mention it later in the movie, which is great. It's a good nod. Uh, my ears perk up, you know, when they say it, I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. One eye Jacks. Cool. Well, let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> let's see a little bit of that, but no, uh, so I feel like for me, Ben Horn is particularly a missing piece yeah, of he's, this movie. Yeah, he's notably I mean, for absent me, for me. Yeah, uh, especially because he, if he had this, you know, relationship with her, mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I this this being the movie where you see all of the relationships that were mentioned about everything that Laura was involved with, to not have one of what I feel like is the major ones, yeah, is. Very noticeable. Yep, absolutely. If if that's what I'm supposed to get out of this film, yeah, like I I need those parts for it to feel complete, right? Because if if there's anything this movie does not feel, it is complete. So with with um, 
So with um, Laura Flynn Boyle gone, Moira Kelly was cast. I like this Donna. I don't know how you guys feel, but I like I like her. I prefer this Donna. Yeah, I would like love to have seen this Donna in the show. I mm-hmm. think it's a completely different take on her. Let's uh, um, let's do some reshoots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's reshoot. Let's just go back and redo it all. Release the Moira cut. Yeah, the Moira <laughs> cut. We run into Mike and Bobby. Just for a second. Great to see him. You love to see it. Uh, they don't offer him a ride, but it's good to see him. <laughs> I guess. Well, Mike's too busy being the man. <laughs> Mike is the man. Mike is the man. Mike. 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 That's a yes. Uh, good to see him. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> great. <laughs> sure. We get to see Laura in the high school. Um, Barkhouse boys. I think we see Dunk Jangle in the background. Dunk Going Jangle's junk dangle. He's got to yeah. be somewhere back there, right? Oh, yeah. He's uh, he's an extra. He's we'll have, definitely there. We'll do some zooming yes. <laughs> later. Zoom, zoom. Out. She runs into James Hurley. Fuck mm-hmm. off. <laughs> you, you know James. No, what? No. James Who is Hurley? He's, he was a, uh, he's gorgeous. He's handsome. <laughs> he's handsome and cool and sweet. So sweet. They end up having. Oh no! Well, before this, Laura goes to the bathroom. Intercourse. <laughs> Laura goes to the bathroom. This looks completely different from the other bathroom I've seen in the high school. I just assume it's a different part of the building because we have that scene of. It uh, would make sense that this Adrian giant Dunn. school has more than one bathroom. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> you would think they're just yeah. completely different looking. <laughs> the paint job in the other one is sweet. <laughs> this one, there's nothing going on. So she goes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Little uh, nose action. Little little nose nose candy. Nose yeah. candy. Drugs. <laughs> Thanks. We're we're talking about drugs. Um, Crack cocaine. Then, then Laura proceeds to go uh, have a moment with James. I've got beef. I got beef. Why is she in a towel only? Right here, Post right now. Gym class. I mean, we do see that it's a gym, right? I, I just assumed she was getting out of PE. D- does everybody just come out of PE naked? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's this weird thing. She like, knew what if she you was go doing. back to, like, that time, eighties, yeah. everyone movies was doing and PE gym classes. Like, everyone actually showers and gets buck naked. Completely different from any PE uh, I ever. Yeah, had. yeah, you're right. I have seen Porky's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. It's. I don't know. Um, I've seen Revenge of the Nerds. This is a known thing. Yes. I don't think I picked up that it was a gym. I, I I guess I just never went there. And it, but it, it's just her too. Like, is she the only one that hung back? She's self conscious and waited. I think she, everybody her, left. Yeah. Oh, she's self conscious. Yes. Okay. Her and James were skipping lunch, mm. and lunch was right after PE. Is this making sense? <laughs> I mean, I guess logically it does make sense, but it. I don't know. I don't think it posited that for me when I was sure. watching it. No, I get it. Either time. Um. It just. I. I, I don't know. It. The scene sucks, but because <laughs> James is in it, James right? kind of yeah. James is really tertiary through this whole movie. Like yeah. he doesn't really make a difference, right? Uh, Laura, I think Laura too. With at least with her dialogue here, I think she knows that her end is coming. You know, because she's like, I'm long mm-hmm. gone, like a turkey in the corn. Like a we get a reference corn. to corn, not cream corn. Gobble, gobble. corn. Gobble, um, gobble. 
I was did some research on that just the phrase because I don't I didn't get it. Yeah. Words I have get. never heard that uh, before. Said it's been used <laughs> in a number of American folk songs. It's an out of date phrase. No kidding. Um, but <laughs> I love this because this is on the uh, Pop Apostle website. It says, but Laura might have known this because her father is such a fan of singing and dancing. <laughs> Sounds like a song Leland would know. It's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's like a reach, a turkey but I'll in take the it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry with the fringe on top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fringe on top. Amazing. Um, that, that was a car swerving. That wasn't just me so squealing. They proceed to do sex while Bobby's looking for her. <laughs> yeah. Bobby can't Bobby's find running her. around the high school looking for her, kissing the glass where her homecoming picture is placed. weird. Yeah. Loves her. Um, we know this from the mm-hmm. pilot. I loved her and she loved me. Lies. The, I don't know. I, I guess the, the towel thing jammed me up because it, it seems like it's just an excuse to have the first bit of nudity here. Like they, they could have easily been in any other situation. But well, I it, think it's just because they're having to be sneaky. They're having to do it. You know, they can't just leave school and I mean, go they home. Could. You can't go home. Bob's there. Right. James just lives on his bike. <laughs> he lives on the he bike. He can't go home. Nadine's working on her on her drapes. He just you know, gets, so. he sleeps there. <laughs> hands on the bars. Hands on the bars. <laughs> he sleeps with his glasses on. He just punches um, off the lights and <laughs> shuts his eyes. I get, I get the feeling that James always trying to get on my bike and go yeah. to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. James always crashed at the bookhouse uh, just every night. Crashed into Joey, the bookhouse because he fell asleep on his bike. Joey, Joey Paulson tucks him in. <laughs> sings, sings him a lullaby. Yeah. Just throws a blanket around his shoulders like he's James Brown just at the end of his set. You. Pops on some classic Jew crew on the jukebox. <laughs> sleep time. God bless Julie Cruz. Anyway, let's talk about the scene outside of the high school that I love so much. Yeah, let's please. I love Laura in it because you can see what uh, such a hold she has on Bobby. Mm-hmm. She gets very serious with him, you know, because he's like, I've been looking for you everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. She's just like, you're too dumb enough to see, you know, she just turned around. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the I, what I love is the smile she gives him like after. And so like, mm-hmm. and he like, it just like snaps him right back into, okay, I love you. And then he walks backwards. <laughs> Yes, he, he does. dances backwards. The incredible, a real indication <laughs> by Angelo Badalamenti kicks on. Yeah, I'll use this moment to plug the music in this movie. It is good. It it's is very good. Good. The soundtrack is very yeah, good. It's very good. What is going on with everyone else too? Are they hearing this? They're all moving weird and dancing. Oh, this is like a musical number moving. that wasn't rehearsed. Yeah, that everybody just suddenly was aware of. Yeah. People are like spinning. Like, like if the world actually turned into tripping. a musical. It's like all at Spider-Man once. 3. <laughs> it's like everyone. It's like everyone missed their cues. Right. I don't know. It's like nobody's nobody's on their marker. The blocking's all off. Yeah. Um, Bobby's not watching where he's going. He's, he's just running into people. Yeah. <laughs> people do just like give him a look like, what are you doing? Get out of here! I'm dancing. So after this magnificent, <laughs> so after this magnificent scene, we move to the Hayward house where there's no sign of Harriet or Gersten inside. Unfortunately, <laughs> thanks. Um, I do love. Good. I love Mercifully. best part of the movie. I love the way every shot in this scene is framed. Mm-hmm. Um, like the overhead of them lying on the, the chair and the couch, mm-hmm. and the close-ups, so good. Yeah, it's very. Uh... My so-called life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way it's shot. Yeah, I love it. Um, 
obviously a lot of vague and interesting dialogue is spoken here. Mm-hmm. Um, we do hear the only, the one thing I'll, I'll make a note of, um, Donna says to Laura, do you think that if you were falling in space, you would slow down after a while or go faster and faster, mm-hmm. which is an interesting faster. visual. Like someone obviously. falling in space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why? But how, you, how does that she, question come up? There's no terminal <laughs> velocity. In Laura space. says, Laura says faster and faster. And we hear the, Tyler, you want to do it? The man from another place sound. We hear it. We also heard it um, at the Fat Trout Trailer Park when that uh, when Casper was <laughs> mysterious lady appeared. With oh Fox. yeah, so we hear this. A oh, few I've times. never heard that. Yeah, we hear. If you listen to the sounds in this movie, it's that stuff is apparent in specific places. Oh, I watch the whole movie on mute always. <laughs> no, like really listen, because I made I made Tyler go back to hear it. He we missed one in the live stream. I was mm-hmm. like, go back because you you need to hear that. I don't remember which one it was. It might have been this one. It, was, it happens as early as Ice Pack Lady. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Before we ever see him do that, where he says, like, I'm the arm and I sound like this. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. It is weird. My arm doesn't sound like that. A lot of a lot of the stuff like that, a lot of the, re- the self-referential things feel almost like a forced excuse for why some stuff happens is like think about this think at this time because of this reason yeah i think that they're just clues that the spirit work is at play when certain things are said or happening yeah i mean and i get that but it's just like it's a weird thing to to make it that like to to make you think of other stuff related to cream corn <laughs> like cream corn is just your your device to connect things that otherwise you wouldn't put together. It's just, it's, it's just strange choices. So yeah, while they're, while they're laying there and they're talking about these, this weird conversation that just kind of turns into Laura getting really existential. Yeah. She's like, I think you just start spinning faster and faster and then you're all alone and not even the angels can help you. Yeah. That's an interesting, that's a very important line. Yeah. And <laughs> the look Donna kind of shoots her is just like, okay. And that just that comes into play later. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, there's that angel painting. Yeah, or a painting with an angel in it in Lars' house. That and an angel goes away. Yeah, and goes away. <laughs> exactly like she at, says at the point when all hope is lost, and right. it's yeah, whew. yeah, dreadful, dreadful. Uh, so we, we go to the Palmer House. Yes. So this is obviously there's some difference between this and the Palmer House and the show. However, mm-hmm. from the pilot, it is the same house, um, same interiors. Same fan. There's a quick, yeah, same fan. You do get a quick glimpse at one point in one of these scenes of the house where you can see the kitchen. And yeah, of course, the decorations are a little different, but you can tell that's the same kitchen where Sarah, and you know, is gets the, the news. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's cool to see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as soon as she goes into this house, I'm already just like, no, <laughs> you don't want to be bad. Even though nothing happens right here, I still just get that feeling every time she goes home. I'm just like, you don't want to be here, Laura. Yeah, home is never Get out. a safe place for Laura. Yeah, home is not a safe place. No. This is a great scene, though, when she's looking at her diary and she finds mm-hmm. the pages are ripped, have been ripped completely out, yeah. ripped out. And she's emotional over this. Yeah. This is where I'm well, like, oh, wow. Like, it's her hidden diary. Yeah. This, yeah. Is the, this was also the first point, really, for me where I'm like, oh, my God, like this is some really good acting from Shirley. <laughs> like she's Oh, she kills it. Yeah. She kills totally it this kills whole it. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she notices the pages ripped out. She puts it together that it can only be Bob mm-hmm. that 
knew where this was. How I don't know, but that's he'd be the only one. He's kind of in her head. Yeah. Even if even if he hasn't taken her over, he can kind of he has a connection with her that lets him see some of the things that she knows. So she freaks out. Well, yeah. Gets in her car, goes over to the only place she knows that someone she can trust. <laughs> the only sanctuary. Not, in Don, her life. not Donna. <laughs> not Donna. But, but our old friend, Harold Smith. Ugh. Our shut in. Our shut yeah, our local shut in. Our local hermit. And recluse. Recluse, yes. Yeah. Recluse. Um obviously Harold's house is set up differently than the show. It's not I love house. that he's drinking. He he obviously too. the way you have to look at this stuff is they redecorated <laughs> started redecorating like that week. Yeah. He mm-hmm. had someone come and redo the house. <laughs> and it was too much for Laura. She had to just get <laughs> out of there. But she tells him, you don't even have a green room. But yeah, she tells him about the missing pages and that it had to be Bob. And he's like, Bob's not real. And she's like, no, no, he is real. No, he's real. He's been having so, me since I was 12. I want to talk about that wording. Yeah. So it would be very easy to say, like, he's he's had me since I was 12. Or he has been attacking me since I was 12. He has been having me yeah. since very I was specific 12. word usage. It's, it's very interesting to say it that way because it has a different implication. Mm-hmm. It's like if he's had me since I was 12, it's like he's, he's had control. He's been, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have said uh, he's, he's been invading me. He's been assaulting me, yeah. whatever. But he has been having me. Like he shows up and has me at points. Yeah. Like I don't know. It, it just it, it hits different yeah. to say it that way. It's Definitely. it's a strange wording, yeah. but I think that it just carries a different sort of weight. Yeah. There's not just the the loss of control, but almost the intermittent loss of yeah. control. Like when he shows up, yep. I'm his. Right. And other than that, like I'm I have my autonomy. Yeah. But when he comes in, that's he's in control. Is the way that that read for me. Yeah. Instead of you know, any other way you could have said that. Yep. Again, Shirley in the scene. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Or she's kind of like shaking and talking. Um, this is where it gets revealed too that he, she says that he wants to be me or mm-hmm. kill me, which that was just like a big revelation for me. I was like, oh wow. Like I didn't know he was like going after her uh, or to like possess her. Um, and that's when she says the, our walk with me line. Mm-hmm. And then Dave, your favorite part. She turns white <laughs> um, real quickly. Super scary. Like a pose- it's almost like a possession sort of yeah. uh, just real quick shot. Very uh, Wyndham Earl. It is. It reminds me of that a lot. It's not exactly that, but it is very close. That mm-hmm. one shot of Wyndham from, uh, I don't even know what, up. it's towards the end, but he's like mm-hmm. looking over to Leo mm-hmm. and he's all white. I don't, I don't remember that picture. But yeah, so she becomes white. Her lips are black. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know with her saying the phrase if that's just makes that happen to her because of her connections to the spirit stuff. I don't think saying it makes it happen. I think it's just kind <clears> of <throat> like she starts quoting the poem as whatever's coming over her is coming yeah. over her. Yeah. And then it kind of comes to a head we also when see, it changes her physical appearance. We see Leland look like this towards the end too when he enters Clastonbury Grove. There's a quick shot of him looking around and he's got the white face. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I'll show it to you when we get, when we get there. I don't want to see it. It's going to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is weird because he's just like looking around and he's mm. just ghostly white. Oof. So this is where she gives him the diary. 
yes. keep safe, which plays mm-hmm. into what we saw in the, in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like to, in the actual Secret Diary of Laura Palmer book, there are pages that just say missing. There's like three or four pages that where they were just start there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Which I believe that was all before, this was all before the movie because we weren't really. Are these the pages that get found at the train car? Some of them, yes. Some of it, yeah. There were pages, yeah, found at the train car, yeah. Because that Leland has them. Yeah. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you knew it was me the whole time or right, something. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, goodbye, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That That's it for Harold. Good and ridden. Yeah, that's, Good that's her. Riddance. That's also her goodbye. I mean, she kind of indicates that she's probably going to not come back. Yeah. I think she knows. Yeah, she can't do Meals on Wheels at all. No. No. Shortly after that, yeah. It's because she kept showing up to deliver them and they were spattered all over the car by the way she stores them in the back. So we yeah, there's go, no way there's no go sliding. <laughs> we go back to... Well, beans! We, we briefly go back to Philadelphia for a quick scene with Cooper and Albert, and it's great. Uh, yeah. He's just like t- talking to... He knows that the killer is going to strike again, and Cooper tells Albert, he's like, you're going to help me solve it. Great. So he, just starts, so he just starts questioning him. and He's like, you've got a feeling. Okay. He's like, will it be a man or a woman? Yeah. He's like, it's a woman. Uh, you know, describe her to me. Yeah. <laughs> what color hair? High school girl, blonde, sexually active, doing drugs. Is like, great. That's half the women in America. Yeah. <laughs> Love Albert. Please narrow that down. There. Yeah. He's so good. And then he's like, "What is she doing right now? Uh, she's gathering a great abundance of food." Cut to the double on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so this is cool because I love it. Yeah, we're seeing Laura prepare the meals on wheels because we heard about this in the series. Is um, this the first we see of Shelley in the movie? Yes, and Norma. And Norma okay. with her the only time we see cute Norma. new haircut. Yeah, yeah. short hair. Oh, it's precious. Yeah. Which also, if we're talking about hair, this is a scene, too, with Cooper. Uh, Dave, I know you had beef with Cooper's hair. <laughs> <laughs> I got beef. And I just, it wasn't Cooper hair. It was, it was weird. Mm-hmm. It was like slicked back, yeah. It wasn't right. Well, his hair, too, is not the same in the pilot as it is in the rest of the series. Either. Yeah. Not I think- exactly that, but I feel like they were trying to go for that. It just didn't quite. Yeah, just kind of maybe like take it back to the time before he yeah. discovered how to style his hair. I think yeah. I said this to you just on a phone call, Patrick, but it's weird how different people look for this to have been filmed such a short yeah. time after yeah. the show. Honestly, ended. it's all haircuts. Norma's got short. Even James's hair is just a little too short. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that, that's what but it Cooper, is. He looks very different. Cooper actually looks older. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like he's aged three or four years. Yeah. And it's just weird. Yeah. If this was, you know, less than a year. Yeah, he is. He, I kind of noticed that too. He's the only actor who looks significantly older mm-hmm. than the original appearance. Yeah. And he must have really cut loose <laughs> when after she, the show when got, got canceled. canceled. Yeah. Hard drinking, hard living. <laughs> so with uh, the double R, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, forget uh, one of our favorite uh, waitresses is there with a bloody nose. Heidi. Heidi. Yes. Heidi's got a nosebleed. He's got, <laughs> got a bloody nose. What's the story there, guys? She got rammed under that headboard too hard. <laughs> jump starting the old trouble man. Jump starting <laughs> uh, Love the shot here, too, because it's mainly just a, uh, a wide shot of the diner. Mm-hmm. Um, we never get a close up on Norma. Shame. Um, yeah, because, you know, I mean, we can see that her hair's shorter, but we never mm-hmm. get like a good close up. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so Shelly's helping. Can you imagine getting the call back? Just like, hey, come do this movie, and you have five seconds on screen, and it's a wide shot. Yeah. <laughs> Unless she has shot a bunch of other stuff for missing pieces. Very possible. Mm. Great scene outside of the double R, I think. Um, yeah, pretty she, good. Yeah, Shelly's loaded up. Have you we got beef here with Shelly? No, I don't, I don't have beef. <laughs> okay. It's just, have 
this exterior shot is weird. Like we have, we haven't seen this angle of no, mm-hmm. we've not been outside really there at all. Yeah, because um, they because this was actually shot at at Tweed's Cafe. It was where right. we had the double art. This was actually shot there, um, hmm. which I also learned recently. Um, it might have been from Stephen Miller's blog that I've mentioned before, but the building that you see sort of up to the side here, where the where Miss Tremond and the grandson are standing in the street mm-hmm. the building there, that's where they shot the jail scenes in the pilot. Oh yeah, uh, with James and and I think they use it as a production office and the Barkhouse Boys. Yeah. But I love that that's just it's that's right there. Like that's where it was shot was across the street. I love this. Yeah, so super weird. Again, we see them standing in the road, and the kids wearing that mask. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, and and we see static come over the screen again, very similar to when we saw the convenience store stuff earlier right. with Jeffries. She's just like, come here. <laughs> it's very weird. That close up shot of her like motioning. Yeah. And, and Lars, just like, all right, yeah. Lars, like, yeah, okay, y'all come hang out. Um, but they give her a a picture. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would look nice on your wall. And this is this is Granny Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a picture of a room with a door, and she hangs it up. She does. I don't know if, if a stranger gave me something that ominous. I think I would put it in a closet facing the wall and not think about yeah. it. Again. But no, this she- this is where you told me to shut up in relation to that. Oh, might have been, yeah. That picture. So the boy says something very interesting. He says the man behind the mask is looking for the pages, or looking for the book with the pages torn out. And this is what prompts her that she can't do the Meals on Wheels. She's got to go home. Mm. Um, because what does he say? She he's under the fan. Now? He's under the fan now. Yeah. That fan. Like, you know the fan. Fucking, you know the fan yeah. he's talking about. Shelly is distraught. Like, or Shelly's like, what? That was really weird. Because mm-hmm. Laura's like, I'm out of here. Yeah, I can't. I just can't. Is this where you have beef with Shelly with the food in the back of the car? Well, no, it would be Laura. Oh, Laura? Okay. That had oh, yeah, she's put sorry. it in there. You're right. Mm-hmm. But do you have beef? I got beef. The manner in which these <laughs> trays are stored in the trunk of this car, they will not arrive safely to their destination. No. And she's been doing this for... Who knows how long and how many meals have actually been delivered via these wheels. That's right, my beef. Right. That's good beef. The only one we know for sure is Harold's. His is probably on the bottom. Largo's home. I want to talk about this real quick because I already just get disturbed knowing what's coming. Mm-hmm. But what I really, really like about this first opening scene when she looks in her living room and the camera's panning around the living mm-hmm. room, that living room does look identical to the set they built from this in yeah. the show. And you see that long couch that we... Uh, we're always joking about that forever when long couch. Maddie. Yep. You see all that there. It all looks identical. Oh, you got show. some coffee. Great. But anyway, I love, I love that. Just kind of, you're seeing the, her just creeping around every corner. I think this is also when you do see that glimpse of the kitchen. So it's just all this weird stuff, especially knowing what goes on in this room later in the series or in the series. You know, right. Later, yeah. With Maddie. It, it's strange to see it unsullied by anything yeah. as of yet. It's yeah. so weird. Uh, we do get a shot of the fan, but man, this shot when she walks into her room mm-hmm. and who's standing behind the Spooky. <laughs> the chest of drawers. Mm-hmm. Chest of drawers. It, Bob. Yeah. That freaks me out. Yeah. He starts screaming. Like, why is that where he's positioned? He's always behind stuff. I know. He's always like creeping below the bed. Yeah. Um, he's behind the one thing behind. on his resume. Yeah. <laughs> Can appear from behind things. 
Yeah, again, he I think my resume speaks for itself. He slides it across the table. You're hired. He screams, though. We get that shot of the mouth, like in the mouth, screaming the weird mm-hmm. in the mouth shot. Get out of that mouth. So this scene. In the mouth shot. This scene is crazy. And I'm no Dave. You you had the same feeling, I think, that I did when I first saw it uh, about Laura. Where she goes outside and she's freaking out mm-hmm. over in, like, the bushes. And then Leland walks out. Yeah. And you were, I remember you, because you texted me. She was like, oh, my God. She knew it was mm-hmm. her father. Yeah. It's like, wow. But just in that moment. Yeah, just, just here, then. This is when she found out. Yeah. 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 Watching that, her cause, realize. Because we never knew that she knew. You know, from the show, we never mm-hmm. knew that yeah. she might have known that it was her father. It seemed like she only found out after she died. Because in the lodge, she goes over to Cooper and right, says, right, right. My, father my father killed, killed me. me. Right, right, right. It's like, But why, why would he appear as Leland coming out of the house and not Bob? Because he's not under the fan. I don't know. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't track. <laughs> well, because the boy just said he's under the fan now. Well, I mean, even even in the series, he yeah, would appear like sometimes as Bob and sometimes yeah. as Leland yeah. in different situations. Okay. Like it's, it's like a vampire. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> re- I, I, I can't try to explain he's this. He's a regular Nosferatu. Yeah. So Lara goes to confide in her best friend, which she has to confirm. Who is just about a best friend? You know, they've been friends for what, like (laughs) a day? He's about my best friend in the whole wide world. Uh, That's just a quick scene, though. We're Mm -hmm. going over to Donna's because we're back having, about to have dinner with the Palmers, which uh, getting our first Leland scenes here. uh, You know, I've always praised Ray Wise in in the series. And I praise him. I hadn't noticed. And I praise him in this movie, too. But this movie, he's just like a whole nother level of creep. Yeah, it's a completely different character. Yeah, it is. Sometimes. And I, I, again, big praise for Ray Wise because he's so good. But you can watch as he goes from Bob to Leland. Like, you can watch him change who's driving and a shot. Especially the scene later when she's like, stay away from me. And he like Mm -hmm. is looking at her and then he just starts to kind of, it's not, it's not really a smile. It's more of a smirk, but you can see the change like mm-hmm. happening in that grimace. Scene. Sure, I, I think the the one that's most prominent for me is when he's sitting in the bedroom after yes. after the dinner. Yes, yep. And he's just sitting on the bed, and Sarah's behind him. Yeah. And he goes from this just like dead, cold face. Yeah. To slowly remembering what he's been up to. Right. And just starts crying because he knows he's not in control. Right. And it's it's brilliant. Yeah. It's masterful. Yep. The scene around the dinner table has become more popular recently because of uh, uh, COVID and sure. wash your hands. Like yeah. everybody's like, oh, listen to Leland. His hands are filthy. <laughs> well, yeah, these fans. <laughs> wash your hands. He very specifically grabs the, the finger. finger. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I love, too, this is the first time we get to see Sarah Palmer, the great Grace Zabriskie. And mm-hmm. she's, you can tell she's just like, don't do that to her. Like she's so traumatized. But I feel like this is not the first time this kind of stuff has happened. This poor family. Yeah. <laughs> They've had a hard go of it for a while. And this is the first time you really see what home life was like. Yeah. Also, Leland kept saying, did you get this from your lover? <laughs> they don't call them lovers, Leland. <laughs> yeah, I think I said that out loud. <laughs> yeah, lover. Right before she did. Yeah. I was like, Who's, who says lover? Yeah. Also, don't say that to me, Dad. Yeah. Period. Even though it's not really Leland in that moment. Um, we get a scene with Laura looking up at the angel picture she has in her room. And we see that she's also hung up the picture that Miss Tremond. Tremond. Yes. Tremond. Yes. 
partner. Yep. I knew exactly what was going to happen with that picture. I did too. <laughs> also, on the uh, subject of Miss Tremont. Yes. She is credited in the movie as Miss Chalfont. Chalfont? And where have we heard that name? Chalfont. The name is mentioned in the movie. Is it? Chalfont. It's mentioned by Carl Rod saying who owned the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The previous owner? Isn't that a hen? Because you know what he said? He says two Chalfonts. Come Chalfont. Two Chalfonts? Yeah. He says that? So anyway, she's not credited as Miss Tremond. She is credited as Miss Chalfont. So that's... Well, because she wasn't really Miss Tremond. Yeah, right. That was so, the the perky lady, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just fact. another another two names. Yeah, just huh. just another one. <laughs> <laughs> just some more. Boom. Tyler, you had some good reactions. I feel like to this scene with the picture on the wall. You know, she's laying in bed looking at it. Because I remember you saying like, I don't know what you said exactly. But you're like some. Is like is that a portal or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. not a portal to the red room. Yeah. Um. Is this where, is this the scene so where yeah, it goes, that happens? Yeah, so yeah. it goes in there. Um, we kind of, the camera moves into it, basically, and you see all these doors with Miss Chalfont <laughs> leading, <laughs> uh, or like just motioning to go through this door. Yeah. Um, this is, I think I, I think I told you this, Patrick, when I first saw it and the camera was going in on the, on the picture, mm-hmm. um, I was anticipating, for whatever reason, some type of take on me music video <laughs> style yeah. thing, Fine, come on in. or you know, it would it would just like the picture would start to be animated, yeah, you know, or the the little guy would come out and yeah. wave you guy. in or something. I don't know, yeah. but I I thought that was a missed opportunity. Absolutely, yeah, with her waving her hand in, yeah, the way she was waving it outside of the, yeah, it would have worked. Yeah, yeah. The way she was waving it out of the, out of the side of the diner. So it gets, you keep going through all these doors and you get to the, the boy who snaps and then we just suddenly get taken to the red room. Yep. Because. Because some things happen just, just like that. Like this. Yeah. yeah. Cooper's yeah. here, right? So yeah, well, we get to see the, there's a table suddenly in the, in the room with the ring on it. The ring is sitting on the table. Mm. This is where we see the ring there. Once yeah. So die, then we see the ring. <laughs> Cooper appears through yes. a curtain because this is just what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. This is when Tyler got confused about the timeline. Yes. Same. Yes. I assume we all have beef. Yeah. I, got I got beef. beef. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think time in <laughs> Twin Peaks. <laughs> this makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. This is very irresponsible or very smart. I think it's smart. I think I think it's very smart. I don't think it's irresponsible at all. Um, but you can see both sides of that. Sure. Like, no, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. I, I err on the side of irresponsible. Okay. Okay. Because continue. Well, in in the first season, when he first goes to the red room, it's it's like, what is this? What is yeah. happening? Right. Whereas if we're led to believe that this is happening before mm-hmm. the events of season one, it's like, well, he's already been here. He's already yeah. seen this. Yeah. Like, why would he be so confused? So that's why I don't think so, because we're we're about to be introduced to Annie who is time jumping. And I think this is just another indication of time jumping. Although it's also young Cooper in this version. Youper. 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 My name is Youper. <laughs> Whereas in the season one first visit, he's 25 years older. Ah, uh, I never thought about that. Yeah, that one in season one, yeah, he is. It's 25 But years he's still confused 
about it's, why he's there. Yeah, I don't, the 20- I don't think he sees that he's older. Right. Yeah, this one, well, no, he does, because he's because he said when he's describing it to Lucy and Sheriff Truman over breakfast the next morning, he goes, it was 25 years later. I was sitting in a red room. Mm-hmm. He knows that, he, that that particular one was 25 years in the future. Yeah, I guess that's true. But still, he was confused and didn't. Yeah. Well, of course, how could you not be? But been, if he had been there before, been there. I think this, this scene you're seeing here is taking place after the fact that he's entered the lodge, because we're about to see the Annie stuff. I don't think this. So this thing, this, this is a fits in. This is the sequel part. Yeah. What the fuck? Yep. No. Yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> this is this is irresponsible. No, hundred percent. Yeah, this is irresponsible. It's definite, it's, I, I disagree with you guys hundred percent because we're about to see Annie, which takes place after yes. season two. I think this, and that happens immediately after this. I think this. But what happens place. with Annie? So she tell she appears in Lars' bed mm-hmm. and says that the good Dale is in the lodge and he can't leave. Write it in your diary. That's something that takes place. We're, we're seeing the good Dale in the lodge right here. But after the fact. So I'm all for. I'm not convinced. I'm all for time travel. and No, I'm on board with that. I wish it was. I don't think this is not travel. spelled out better, but I wish it was I think this scene, way more present this in the scene show. This just taking place. I think because I also think Lars Langer. I think a lot, all of this too. Lars dreaming this. This is all a dream for Lara. This isn't something that's happening in real time. She's having this dream. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's dreams. all I think it's all lucid dreams. She has dreams of Cooper. Mm-hmm. We we find this out when Cooper and is Cooper with Donna. knows of yeah, her exactly. Though. So Don Donna and Cooper are outside Miss Tremont's, and he reads the page the page the missing page from the diary where she says that it's that she saw him in the red room. So she's aware of Cooper. She's dreaming all of this. She dreams Annie because Annie's gone after mm-hmm. that. I think because she's in her bed. I think this entire sequence after she hangs up the painting is a dream. All right, listeners, we're going to put up a poll as soon as this airs. Irresponsible or smart? And any thoughts? I just don't, I think it makes my, you think, and I love it. I it does make you think. And my my argument for it is I, 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 it's fine. Time travel is hard to do and makes sense in any context. The only problem, I think, like, it's I just not don't handled think this, well. I just here. don't think this is time travel. I think she's having a dream about something in the future, much like Cooper has a dream about something in the future, 25 years in the future. And I don't see how it's any different. I mean, and I, I get that. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to be here. It's fine that it's here. I think it's not handled very well. I don't, I just don't think it's presented in a way that I can think about it for a minute and just go, okay, well that makes sense. If yeah, this there's time travel is fine, mm-hmm. but it's not present enough or even really, explicitly said at any point in the show that, all right, this is time travel. And then that would set a precedent for anything else to be construed as time travel. Right. So because it's not ever really mentioned or acknowledged, like I know, but it, it makes it irresponsible. That's why I keep going back to the Annie scene. She's clearly saying something that happens way later that we've seen at the end of season Mm -hmm. two. And we see Cooper saying, don't take the ring, Laura. So we can see that they're able to go and tell her this information in the past. It makes sense to me. That's fine. (laughs) It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. This is just one of those sections where like as a movie, this fails for me. Okay. Just, it doesn't, it doesn't tie up enough of what's, that's great because this is like one of my favorite. What's parts happening? Of the movie. It's <laughs> so super cool. So yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's a really, really cool sequence. The more I and more, just, and also you guys have only—I mean, I've seen this a ton. I think the more and more you watch this, the more and more, and especially once you see the return and 
Although, yeah, see, that's the caveat. Yeah, He's think, seen the return. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I right, think yeah. you'll be able to uh, look at this in a much different light as well. Sure. But again, the first time I saw this, yeah, I don't, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a, an oddly handled sequence of time travel. It's a very, it's a very cool sequence. And I, I do want to talk about the Annie part a yep, little bit. So absolutely. she pops up in bed next to Laura. After Laura's yeah, arm does. goes numb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Similar to the, I feel like not exactly, but similar to like the shaking that we mm-hmm. saw at the end of. Oh, we, we didn't even talk about how. Uh, and it's an arm. We didn't even talk about how it haps uh, when they were talking to Irene. She's talking about Teresa Banks, who had worked there and said that before she went missing, that her left arm had just gone completely numb mm-hmm. or, or dead. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, that's a clear reference to yeah. the Mike connection who yep. cut his left arm off. And she was wearing the ring. Despite his face. To cut off the evil, yeah. And she was wearing the ring. Despite her face. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Annie pops up and uh, tells Laura this information. And How then, Annie? How's Annie? Uh, she disappears. How's Annie? How's Annie? And <laughs> well, then... We need, we need to make a note, though. She's wearing Caroline's clothes. Who's Caroline? Oh, weird. Yeah, because remember, I made a comment to you guys at the end of uh, the finale, season two finale episode, mm-hmm. where I said, because we weren't, I didn't have the video in front of me but i said was she what was she wearing and you were like because i was like was she wearing caroline's clothes or was she wearing what the dress that she wore going in there and you guys know oh, there's the dress because i was getting confused by this scene mm. because she's wearing because even in the scenes in the black lodge she switches from wearing her annie clothes to wearing caroline's dress when he's caroline mm-hmm. windham earl's Wyndham deceased Earl. wife oh right right definitely earl windham and she's got the same blood from when she mm-hmm. had in the black lodge so it's this but is she annie. isn't dead no who? Annie. No, Annie didn't she die. She didn't die. No, she didn't she didn't die. She just as far as we know. So that that means time travel again. This has got to be her from when she's in the lodge when Wyndham took her in. Right. And she just pops up to this moment to say these things. Mm-hmm. I was having a hard time. With yeah. This. Me too. <laughs> I got beef. <laughs> I got beef. Well it's the same thing as I got Well beef. it's the same thing as when they're in the lodge, Wyndham, or we, I think we agreed it was Wyndham sent the message to Major Briggs at the double R through Sarah Palmer um, about being in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, another similar thing that I guess you can just go speak to <laughs> whoever you please in whatever time you want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. Kind of walkie talkie to any point in time. It's like this yeah. weird instance of interstellar. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah but I don't, it's very extra dimensional and it's very quantum physics and it, very doesn't make but any sense. But not explained. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not explained Mm-mm. at all. Or not even explained. Like there's there's nothing that would make you think that. We are just thinking of it because we're dissecting it to a point that we're just it has told. nothing to do with the show. <laughs> right. I mean, but I think that's what's happening. <laughs> we're being You're told crazy, visually. Patrick. I know we're being, I mean, Lynch is a very visual, visual artist where he, he tells a lot of things through just images and not words. So it's a matter of putting these connections together through. Who the gives a fuck how long a scene is? <laughs> how it's it's up to you for, for definitely for some sort of interpretation because he's not telling you everything, right? But notably, after after Annie shows up in the bed and Laura just kind of turns and looks at her, gets the information, then Annie disappears, and then Laura freaks out. Yeah, she didn't freak out because right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I remember that. Where'd my yeah. friend go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. And then again, this is where I think it's all a dream. I mean, we see her sleeping, and I think everything about that was a dream because she she has that reaction about the ring 
you know, because mm-hmm. she sees the ring right. after waking up. Um, like, oh my God, it was that was real because she saw the ring in the red room. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Kind of like Cooper waking up to find that his ring's actually gone. Mm. It's like, oh man, that really happened. Yeah. But I don't get kind of right before that that I don't know how to interpret is when she's trying to leave her, and this is still part of the dream, is when she is trying to leave the room and that's happening in the picture. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I have no idea what that, I don't know what that is. I don't know why she's seeing herself in the, in the picture. Oh, yeah. I think it's just kind of show that it's kind of a loop. Sure. Like she can't go out the store and get somewhere. She's right. She's stuck. Right. And whatever this is. Is that kind of... That's not any kind of nod to Coop looking at trying to catch himself on the <laughs> surveillance or anything well, like that. Eh, maybe. Man, there might be a connection there, yeah. I've never thought about that. I like that. I had not thought of that either. So, yeah, so she takes a picture down because it's creepy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, that was a mistake. <laughs> Let's go to the Johnson household. I see his truck, so that's where I know where we're at. <laughs> Butte. Uh, Leo's cleaning the floors. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He's, not. he's no, he instructing. Is. Well, he's cleaning. Yeah. He is, but yeah. as an instruction, he's not doing chores. Yeah. Shelly's like, I got to go to work, but Leo's not fooling around anymore. Uh, the first thing you're going to learn is to have a good attitude. That's the key. Uh, Ask anybody. anybody will tell you that. <laughs> anybody uh, will tell you that. Which we should plug. We have a new Dare, a.k.a. Daray, um, shirt up on our T Public store. Hey, we have merch. Uh, we've got some merch. Yes, we do. We do. Um, get yours today. We got merch. <laughs> we'll have to ask. Uh, Leo gets a call from Bobby. He does not like Bobby calling him. Um, but Bobby needs some more drugs. Are you telling me Santa Claus isn't real, Leo? <laughs> the football is empty. I love that too because you know we talk about mm-hmm. that comes up in the series with the football and when he throws that football at him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great reaction. Great re- reaction from Shelley about the five thousand dollars. And then we get another return of another old favorite, Tyler. Jacques Renault. Jacques Renault. No, no, no. This is the Great Went. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. What? He calls himself I'm the Great Went. Oh. Bite the bullet, baby. Maybe Bobby, baby. <laughs> he calls him Bobby, baby, like five times. <laughs> baby, Bobby, Bobby, baby. Yeah, what a sleazy dude. He's a sleazy. Working at the roadhouse. Working at the roadhouse. I, I know I'm jumping ahead. No, go for it. We've been jumping all around. Yeah, and it's that's fine. Jump up, jump up, and get down. There's no poker chip scene. There's no Waldo. There's no bite the bullet baby at the actual. There is Waldo. Cabin scene, but there's not him like oh, right. pecking right. at her. Right. Yeah. We don't. We don't see that. Right. We know that happened. Yeah. But we don't. Get it on film. Really because we know it happened, it doesn't need to be shown. <laughs> I disagree. I, I, I no, needed, I'm with you. I needed him putting the poker chip in her mouth. It's saying, like a BBC bullet, show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't. You know this happens. We don't have to show you. Yeah. I have a... I can't talk about it. I'll talk about it. <laughs> then in, shut it. I'll talk about it in like two 25, years. 25 episodes away. <laughs> but I have a thought on it. Okay. Remind me about it. Okay. <laughs> I, will, I will definitely remember this. <laughs> Donna shows up to Laura's. Laura's all dressed mm-hmm. up, ready for a night out. Is it Donna? Mm-hmm. It is. I don't know. Nighttime is Laura's time. A great music playing again. <laughs> <laughs> More yep. great music in this scene. I love that the 
I think this is where Donna points out about all the cigarettes, like that her mom smokes. <laughs> yeah. Because you see two ashtrays full of cigarettes, like sitting on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God, what? <laughs> She's really going for it. <laughs> um, so Laura goes. To but I mean, the, you would too. Yeah. Laura goes to the roadhouse, which we find out Donna follows her. Mm-hmm. But yeah. before Laura can get into the roadhouse, she is stopped by none other than the log lady. Mm-hmm. Great to see the log lady. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's wonderful. With log in tow. Yeah. When this kind of fire starts, it's very hard to put out. Does she touch her? Does she like touch her? She puts her the, hand on, on the her head. Forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I love this scene too because you, know, you can kind of start hearing the Julie Cruz brewing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a Cruz of brewing. <laughs> yeah. Julie brewing. Just another thing I've loved about the log lady is how in tune she is with, you know, anything. Just to well, yeah. Well, having the mm-hmm. log and she is the key. Connection. I mean, I'm pretty, still waiting on her much. origin story. <laughs> right in front of you. <laughs> I can't tell if you're serious or not. Again, pointing at the secret history of Twin Peaks book. Just pointed to a deer in a leather jacket again. <laughs> Julie Cruz is back, mm-hmm. uh, singing her heart out. Um, so I don't I mean, know. Yeah. I must, I'm, I'm guessing in the pilot it was like dress down night at the roadhouse. <laughs> she goes from looking classy to roadie, mm-hmm. back to classy <laughs> in the show. Everybody was maybe ca- cashing in their jeans pass. Yeah, maybe she's <laughs> maybe she's uh, time jumping too. No. 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 Okay. No. no. I love the shot of Laura walking in, how just like distraught she looks. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, she was just given some crazy information from the log lady, but she looks just like an emotional wreck. But what what, what was the information again? Just, uh, the, just about the this kind of fire is hard to put out, and I forgot. See, if somebody walked up to me and said that, <laughs> I would completely forget it. It yeah. mean, that means nothing to me. Just like, okay, you're just you're, a fucking crazy lady with like, a log. Okay. But you're not Laura Palmer. <laughs> You don't know. Laura's that. used to this kind of stuff in her life. I feel like mm-hmm. this isn't a, a quite even more so. If you're her. used to it, then like just shrug it off. Okay, theory. Sure. The log lady is just a mentalist. <sighs> that it has a way of saying things that could be interpreted different ways by different people, just to make you reflect on something about yourself. I see. Just she's l- a leave it vague. She's a a swindler. Yeah. yeah. She's hornswoggling the rubes. Jesus, Laura. I think because of the rough couple of days she's had about finding out who Bob is. Yeah. She's looking to take her mind off of things tonight. Um, so we see that Jock kind of see if she's okay. She gives her the nod to basically she's going to sell herself tonight. Yep. Um, He's like, there's your marks. Yeah. She's already emotional at the, while Julie Cruz is singing. Um, Donna, Donna. I mean, how could you not be? Well, exactly. I'd be crying. Voice too. of an angel. Um, Donna comes in, sees her. Is that a Hinder um, song? So, you know, when she gives the nod to, to Jacques, Jacques gives the nod to two guys. Buck. <laughs> of course this guy's name is Buck. Yeah, of like, course. Of I, course again, another conversation I had with Patrick after the fact. While we were doing the live stream, this guy walks up and Laura, I guess, is like, what's your name? And no shit. Right before he answers, I was about to say, Chuck. And then he goes, Buck. <laughs> so these two guys sit down with her. Um, I don't know what Buck looks for in a lady. And I can't get a good read uh, I think on him. Willingness this. to have sex for yes, money. But she gets a little. That's his ideal lady. Yeah. yeah. She starts to get a little feisty with him. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, Yeah, are you looking to do the homecoming queen? Yeah. And in a very like. 
sort of angry tone and he's just sort of you gotta give it to me yeah you gotta give it to me buck and he's just like taken aback like what am i getting into it was like "Ah, the homecoming queen yeah it's like i i I thought it was but now i'm questioning myself yeah right donna comes up um is she a part of the deal apparently not but she wants to be she takes a shot Mm -hmm. like wow donna you you gonna keep up starts starts (laughs) making up with brother man yeah brother man man. did we get a a name for brother man uh tommy (laughs) buck and tommy (laughs) it reminds me very much of a donna's story that she tells harold about the time that they went out with those two guys and they both started like two guys started making out with laura she was like well i want to make out with guys yeah so then she picked somebody and that's a good connection i didn't think about that so she's done this before i got beef i feel like this should have been that i agree event Mm -hmm. i agree and i thought it was going to be and it wasn't hence my beef it seems like a missed opportunity but again going back to since we know what happened you don't have to show it but this would make sense for the story to actually see this night because when she explains that story to martin short that this seems like it was the only the only time anything like this ever happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's that Donna. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, so it it's weird that she would recall that earlier time and not this most recent one, like the week she died. Maybe mm-hmm. she has so, fonder memories of the first time. Maybe I, I don't, don't know. think she it really just, remembers this time. It just seems that's like true. I don't think she remembers. That's, this. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, right. She's that's totally right. Doesn't she drank Kool Aid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's true. But still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but still, I think I, I think you. it should have just been that yeah, yeah, yeah. skinny dip time. It just, right. I mean, it, it also it, it just tracks for Donna's character that she would see Laura doing this and jump on board, like having that inclusion. Yeah. You know, uh, what do you call it? Syndrome or yeah. uh, complex FOMO. Let's talk about FOMO. Yeah, I want to talk real quick about my favorite transition in this entire movie. It's is it a George Laura Lucas looking, wipe? It's not. It's Laura looking star wipe. It's a hard cut. <laughs> it's a hard cut. Yeah. Laura looks at Donna and says, "Okay, Donna, let's go." Then it cuts. <laughs> Sleaziest song you've ever heard, but in the sleaziest also place you've the ever best seen. Song you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. this is all. So this they should have stopped making songs after the Pink Room by <laughs> Angelo Badalamenti. <laughs> so this is the Pink Room, correct? That's what the song is called, I believe. So I, the first time I saw this movie, I got confused and thought this was just a room in the Roadhouse, right? But but it's, it's never made clear where they actually are, other than Canada. I think yeah, it's something about Canada is mentioned here. Some at some point they crossed the border. Somebody. Says the power and the glory, which is what I think this place is called. called. Yeah, power but and the glory. You never see a sign that says that's where this is. I think Jacques it's like too, it's too much for a sign. I think Jacques says something like, "Let's head to," or it's time for a little of the power and the glory or something. Yeah, this is this is just let's go to Peg. It's this, the name of the cocaine. It's it's the bar where you can bang on tables. Yeah. The bang bang bar. Nobody cares. <laughs> it's the bang this bang, is the, bang this is the bar. actual bang bang Holy bar. Holy shit! <laughs> this is the actual bang bang bar. <laughs> so I, I I do I do love this scene mainly because of the inaudible dialogue. Yeah. So that I, so I was this I think is I very real world, right? And that's cool. Yeah. I I think I mentioned it though. I think in the European cut of this release, there were no subtitles. <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I thought you were, were gonna right. say they cut out all the music. No no no. no. <laughs> it was well, just people talking. <laughs> I would love to hear that. Um. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's great with the dialogue, even though the dialogue doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm as blank as I fart. Laura's <laughs> <laughs> the muffin. Yeah, what? A lot of Do words. You know the muffin man. What a muffin you got. What a muffin you got. They're saying a lot of words, but do they actually mean anything? I'm not Jacques. I am the, the great Went. No. I'm as blank as a fart. What is he talking what is he about? Saying? What is he talking about? Yeah, this bar is disgusting. So disgusting. This is a trash pile of an establishment. Yeah, Donna's tripping. Laura puts something in her in the beer that she gives Donna and says, chug a lug, Donna. She don't drink lugs? She starts, she starts tripping. Mm-hmm. She's, I think I made a comment too where she's like, the camera's way taller than her height. Yeah. At one point, we, we get unless Jacques like squatting, which I don't mm-hmm. think he is, because you see him and he like goes way over his head. He'd never be able to get back up. So she's completely. He might be squatting to get that blank fart out. <laughs> now we're talking. Ronette shows up. I love this. I love the dialogue exchange between Ronette and Laura. Because mm-hmm. uh, this is where we do get the mention of one-eyed Jacks mm-hmm. again, um, barely audible. Barely audible. But we get the mention that uh, they knew Teresa. Thanks, which was a huge mind-blowing, like, mm-hmm. how do they know her? What is that connection? Right. Um, but yeah, they mentioned about how Renette hasn't seen her since she was thrown out of One-Eyed Jacks, which I believe we heard about in the show. Did we? I think it was mentioned that she had worked there, or okay, had maybe been, it was had been through that. there. Okay, so maybe I'm... I think Ben Horn says something about her. Okay. Jacques comes up. They're talking about Teresa. Mm-hmm. Because they say it's been a year since... Um, it's sh- been... <laughs> Since she passed away. And Jock, I guess, starts remembering stuff because Ronette's talking about her like she was blackmailing someone and was going to get rich, which I assume was Leland, mm-hmm. who she was trying to blackmail, um, which triggers the memory in Jock saying, like, oh, she called me um, and asked what your father's looked like because Laura has a very quick, yeah. like, what? He asked about my father? Yeah. For real? But then it just gets dropped, of course. Yeah. That's not the only thing that gets dropped as Laura and Ronette are sitting at a table, or in a booth, rather. We get a snap as Laura instructs Buck to go downtown. To go downtown. <laughs> they reminisce that this is just like being back at One-Eyed Jack's. And, and it's during time. this time that Laura looks over and sees that Donna is getting a little too into the festivities. Yep. Which I don't... Why was she freaking out about that? Other than just trying to protect her from Laura's life, I guess. I've, her lifestyle. I think Laura kind of had a jealousy. moment of clarity. Oh, okay. I, I think it was, yeah, I guess it was a moment of clarity. I got it. I got it as more of a, like, no, this is my, like, this is me. This is what I'm doing. You get out of here. I don't want you, not, it, it not as been, a friend thing, but like, I don't want you stepping on my toes. Yeah. I, I think it might've been a little bit of that, but also it was like, no, Donna doesn't do this. But I like when she has that realization the lights get real bright and she comes over and she yells at her about wearing her clothes because donna had found the jacket laura took off Mm -hmm. on the on the ground and had that around her waist she's like don't ever wear my things she also wastes her time trying to pull Jacques over there and he's just like (laughs) yeah he's just dead weight yeah he really (laughs) (laughs) but she's trying to get Donna out of it and i I think it was a like no don't get involved in what i do 
like don't try to be me because my life is a living hellscape. Yeah. 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 We transitioned to the next morning, but the transition, another great one of the floor with the cigarettes and bottles mm. of beer to the trees. <laughs> it's just Can you imagine being the guy that has to clean up <laughs> after a night at the bang bang bar? <laughs> the actual bang bang the bar. The bang bang bar? Yeah, this the, bang. The bang bar where we bang bang. Yeah. So yeah, Donna doesn't remember anything from last night. Laura makes the comment, which I think justifies what we were just talking about. She says, I don't want you to be like me. Right. Um, I, I think she just doesn't wish that lifestyle on anybody. Right. Um, Leland shows up to pick up Laura. Yes. This is where he has the vision because he sees them hugging. Mm-hmm. And he gets suddenly taken to see to where... She's had two go, visions. Oh, fantastic. Tyler, that was great. <laughs> Tyler stepped out of the room for like a split second, just ran back in to play that sound effect. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's commitment to production. Leland had a vision of Ronette and Laura. Yeah. We don't know yet when this was. I think it's just, it struck me as like just a weird like fantasy mm-hmm. thing for just a split second. Well, because you could easily make, look at it like that was Donna, not Ronette. You could easily see that scene for a quick second and make the... It cuts to Ronette. It's Ronette. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because the, the actress that plays Ronette Pulaski looks a lot like yes. Mara Kelly. Yes, I agree. So in that split second, I thought it was just him having no. a, a flash fantasy of Lara and Donna yeah. together. Yeah. So Which, that and this plays into later because he we get sort of the full revelation that you know he was with Teresa mm-hmm. and that he killed Teresa, but he went there and was actually going to have a foursome with Ronette. Laura, um, because he didn't know that was Renette and Laura, mm-hmm. and then he chickens out because um, he gives her the money, and he's like, "No, no," because he saw that it was his daughter in there, and he's like, "No, no, I'm not doing this. I can't do this." So he leaves. I don't remember any of that. What? <laughs> I, I, how did I miss that? Um, it happens. So the next is the Mike scene. So Leland has picked up Laura. They're driving. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a trailer comes up behind them. We hear the, um, the sound. <laughs> Yeah, again, like, okay, <laughs> this scene is nuts. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, this is pretty bananas. It's interesting, Laura thinks she smells the scorched engine oil mm-hmm. when Mike comes up. Mike. The other Mike. <laughs> Not that Mike. <laughs> Sorry, let's bet. This is Philip Gerard. <laughs> Mike. Let's get our mics. Uh, in Not Mike, but Mike. <laughs> yeah, they come up to this intersection. Mike does like a U-turn. Mm-hmm. Just comes up and... In a big truck. Yeah, and he is screaming. They're, everyone's revving their engines. He's screaming uh, like you stole the corn. Because he's talking to Bob. He's mm. not talking to Leland. But how does he... I could never tell what he was saying. When he's how does screaming he at know... Leland is... is Leland is Bob if he's not in... Well, he, I assume that he's in a state at this point. Of... Leland is? No, I think... No, not Leland. I, th- I think Philip Gerard is I think Mike Gerard is at this and time. He's seeing, right. And he's but seeing how... Bob. I think he's seeing Bob, but maybe not. So he, that's just how I sort of took it. That like, he was, well, they were, they were partners. I feel like right. he can sense him. He, he can, he can yeah, feel he knows him when he's near. Yeah. Cause he's always like, you know, he can smell him. Yeah. So when he's, you know, checking people out at the great Northern as actually, no, he does call him Mr. Palmer though. He yells at, he's like a thread will be torn. Mr. Palmer. So who knows? So, who knows? That, so what's going on here? That weakens <laughs> the case. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? One, four. <laughs> but it's interesting that he's wearing the ring, mm-hmm. and he's also yelling at Laura and saying, "It's your father." 
basically confirming what she was already mm-hmm. suspect of. So they pull into Moe's Motor. <laughs> motor Moe's. Yeah. Why not go to Big Ed's gas farm? <laughs> right? Different side of town. Are there <laughs> sides, sides of, of this of Twin Peaks? Yes. Um, yeah, we're like somehow in downtown Twin Peaks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Leland's freaking out. Like, why would somebody come screaming out of the blue like that? Yeah. Out of the blue rose like that? No. Nope. You just said no. blue. You said blue. No. No. Uh, it's, for some reason, this is where he starts thinking about Teresa Banks, and it gets to the flashback of them in the motel. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just asking him when he's coming to see her again. So all of that is happening in this catatonic state of yeah, Leland post yeah, yeah, this yeah. interaction yeah. with Because yeah, Laura has to snap him out of it. So that yeah. that's why that's a way that it makes it known and, that and it's a re- flashback. And I think the reason too that he's thinking about it is because he just had that brief vision of Ronette and Laura when he walked into Donna's mm-hmm. and saw them. Right. So that trigger I think that just triggered the memory okay. of that happening and that's why it's coming up now. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I remember watching it and Teresa Banks showing up and I was like, yeah, what is going on? Yeah. Cause w- she died out of state, right? It wasn't in Washington. I think it was, I think that place is where she lived. was just a few towns. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a right. I this, but I think it was yeah. in both in Washington. Yeah. Okay. I don't think Leland has time to <laughs> drive out of state for every encounter. I don't know. Yeah, Take another drive with a dead girl. But Lars trying to get through to him here, and he's still just like, can't. He's trying to gather his thoughts, and it's, mm-hmm. I'm sure. His well, well he's, just, he's fighting Leland and Bob's memories. I mean, he's point. basically just alone in his principles at this point. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. He starts to deep go in th- his feelings. <laughs> he starts to go through with this foursome, and that's when he sees Laura and Ronette, and he's like, "Oh no, no!" I chickened out. Yeah, I chickened out. He gave Teresa the money. He just paid for her anyway, and he left. And as he's leaving. The little boy shows up, jumping around, <laughs> jumping man mm-hmm. with his mask, and he's doing I don't know what. <laughs> he's just there. I think it's just more of just, just hopping about. There's just spirit presence it's like here uh, too. Majora's mask. <laughs> yes, a little yeah. skull kid action. <laughs> yeah, um, and he also just the boy just disappears. Mm-hmm. He just fades away. He gets Thanos snapped out of the um, out of the screen. So this is this is a tough scene. Lara's again brilliant in this and she's at, she starts questioning him about uh if he was home that day that she saw him mm-hmm. um and he makes up a pretty i mean i guess it's an excuse i mean he comes up with a story on the spot yeah about oh I had, yeah i had to come home you know i i, I did come home. <laughs> yeah, i did come yeah, now yeah, yeah. Think of it. Not as good. I'm at, sold. Yeah. Not as good at covering his tracks in this in, moment as he in, is in later. This point too is where he gets so creepy, where he's just like, "Where were you, Laura? I, I was a failed actor before I became a lawyer." <laughs> he's like, "I had a headache and I came to get some aspirin." But he's so good there, where he's just like, "Where were you, Laura?" And she has to like, she's not as quick to just be mm-hmm. like, "I was in the bushes." <laughs> yeah, because we know we know he saw her. Mm-hmm. So I know I've asked this before, and we've covered it probably many times, Leland. Do, can't remember Bob's memories. Is that correct? Like the instance when Laura walked in her room and Bob was behind her dresser. I, Leland wouldn't have remembered that. I think he I think maybe does. If, he's, if he's in Bob. I don't know how to describe it. If he's 
if he is as Bob, I mean, I would assume he remembers all this stuff, but because you you can watch him. But if that's the case, when he died and he right, he comes to a full revelation. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's definitely just this is where this movie for me got a lot more like, does he know what he's doing? There was a the yeah the line was harder to, and for this movie for me it was harder to. I, again, it's a little irresponsible to like show him in a moment remembering even earlier that day what he did as Bob and then to not be able to remember, but then he can remember in the series. It's, it's, but it, I just think too, when Bob, it's left a little him, clumsy. I think when Bob left him completely, I think that's just when the full rush, he just left, the weight, left all his memories, yeah, the weight of what he so did. So does, if, if he left those memories in Leland and they were essentially un, unveiled with Bob leaving his body, did Bob, also carry those memories. I would think so. Did they? Yeah. Did they I would, I would duplicate? So. Yeah, I would think duplicate. Yes. <laughs> two. She's had two <laughs> visions. <laughs> I guess that was more of a double. Yeah, but either one would work. Yeah, I think so. I think I don't see why he wouldn't remember everything. Mm-hmm. Bob would. I don't know. It just it's it's a little choppy. Honestly, you know they they make their own rules. For how things work, yeah, and there's no, and they also break their own rules, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's no sense of logic to a lot of what happens in this prequel movie versus even even in the series, the rules of the universe are pretty solid. Like even if it's, I guess, even I mean, if it's hard to parse, sometimes we still had a lot of trouble with Mike and Phil Gerard being yeah, looking the same. It's, I mean, it. It it has a set of rules that are established in the series, and it follows them pretty well. And then this movie comes out that's supposed to fill in the gaps, and it breaks the rules. Just yeah, it just discards all of that. Just like yeah, just whatever works for the movie, as if it's a standalone entity, and it's not. Yeah, I know a lot of that. A lot of the spirit stuff gets very, very tricky. It's a tricky universe already. Yeah, and if you don't have the same hands on it, beginning to end, then it it's gonna get. It's going to get convoluted. It's going to get trickier. We're still on the Mike stuff a little bit because Lara goes home and she's in her room and she remembers Mike showing her the ring because he's wearing it. Mm -hmm. And then she remembers that Teresa was wearing it because she just remembers seeing her wearing it a year ago. But I guess it was like weird enough for her to remember that. It stood out enough that she was wearing this ring. What's a unique ring? The Alcave ring. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. It's got the Alcave symbol. Does it? Which symbol? The real symbol? Yeah, the or real the... one, not the first one. <laughs> <laughs> not the first one that was just drawn up. It was the, the, the made-up one? Yeah, the better one. Ah, this is made up of lines. These also have lines. <laughs> These lines are... They're pretty. the same. <laughs> not. But she remembers seeing Mike wearing it, then she remembers her dream, what I think is her dream of... A man from another place showing it, mm-hmm. holding it up. Okay. Which brings me to the question, where did Teresa Banks get the ring? That's a great question. Mike. Like, Chet Desmond found the ring under her. I'm yeah. Chet like, Desmond. Why did she have it? To begin with. And how did Mike get it in the car here? Yeah. Maybe he, that's his purpose. No, I think... He I takes think the ring he's the places ringman? and... Yeah, I think, this, I, think, I think these spirits purposely place them. Because... I know we'll get to it, but what was, what did the ring do for Laura 
when he threw it in there kept her from when she put it on it kept her from it protects her from bob bye bob okay so yeah maybe he but leland was never trying to take over teresa was he not that we know Mm -hmm. i don't think so so she wouldn't have really needed because Bob wants but Laura. We don't know. We, we also protection. don't know. Yeah, we also don't don't know that. That's not information that's said. But after Laura has all these visions of the rain, she looks up and like everything gets bright again. Same bright light when she's sees Donna at the bang bang, the real bang bang bar. <laughs> bang bang. Leland is remembering. I guess Leland or whatever. He's we're seeing Leland's face. He's not saying anything, but we're getting the flashbacks of him killing Teresa Banks. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Beating her over the head with or a steel pipe of some kind. Um, yes, he does. He super kills um, her. Uh, I guess the next day, Lara's doing more cocaine and goes to high school, meets with Bobby. I hear it's addictive. Yeah. Um, Bobby talks about this deal Bobby. he's set up with mm-hmm. Jacques, and so they go out in the woods. We see a lot of the flashlights that look like allies mm-hmm. all over the woods. Allies or owls? I, I realized as I said it, it sounded like allies. They look like friends. Um, so they're having a, a fun time. Laura's been drinking. It's she's just giddy. She's in a good mood. Oh, she she's has a, been drinking. Yeah, she is in a yeah. good. She's in a good spot. She is. She's um, on a good mix. Yeah, she's on a good mix. Yeah, of cocaine and yeah. alcohol. She found that happy ratio. Yeah, and Bobby. I don't know. Bobby's almost over it even before they even meet this guy. Um, but uh, the deal. Shows up and it's the same guy from Deer Meadow. Yeah, this is the really the only tie to the first act. Yeah, at all. Right here, yeah, which makes the, no sense. It, it literally a, could have been anybody. He's a bad. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a bad cop. Yep. Crooked. Like the so, Mountie. But dirty, we knew that. Cop. But we knew that to begin with. That place sucks. It should have been the Mountie. <laughs> yeah, <it laughs> Mountie King. Mountie King. Yeah. But we need Mountie King later, so it, it can't be right here. Oh yeah, right. Um, for whatever reason, I guess Bobby's flashlight, it, to me, it looks like it almost like flashes him in the face. And for whatever reason, that's what triggers him to like almost pull out his gun at Bobby. But maybe that's not it. Because that's just the way when you watch it, you suddenly see a flashlight come right over his face. And he's like, oh. Yeah, I never understood why the why the guy even drew his gun. I yeah, would I assume know. if he's I assume it was to take them. I think, yeah, I think it was to take the money and kill Bo- and to kill Bobby. Yeah, I think Leo instructed him. To take to kill Bobby. Take Bobby out. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I it just, and again, that wasn't posited. It just right happens right. in a really strange way. And it's like, yeah. why would but that even mo- happen? Well, because Bobby killed a guy. Yeah, I know Bobby has to kill a guy. It was like they there was that's no, one of my favorite parts about the early episodes we did when that gets mentioned. You guys, you you both. I, I know you specifically. There, you're just like Bobby didn't kill anybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Bobby hasn't killed anybody. Yeah, I'm just like just wait. <laughs> So, I, I don't know, it, it would have been more organic for me if, like, the guy reached for his gun and was like, Leo has a message for you or something, and, and like, just tied it to, yeah. like, I was instructed to kill you right. yeah. in any way. Yeah. And Maybe he was he had a whole monologue planned, and it just never Bobby just like, ah! <laughs> Guess what? I mean, it's very <laughs> like possible. Well, I mean, it's very possible, too, that Leo Anybody had nothing got to do with it, and this guy just wanted to take their money, their 10 grand, and just yeah. kill them. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's motivation enough, but he, he never says, yeah, like, no. I'd do anything for $10,000. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I've got um, enough cocaine here. I've got $10,000 worth of cocaine here. You got it? He's like, I guess we'll take that, too. But <laughs> let's, let's have a moment for Mike. 
It is Mike, right? It is Mike. The Did cop's Mike? name is Mike? Well, Laura says you killed Mike. Killed Mike. Oh. This is Mike. They're both on enough drugs that they think it's Mike. No. Bobby's buddy Mike. Incorrect. <laughs> That's the best part about this scene because Bobby's like, he's suddenly like, no, it's not Mike. And then he's like, is it Mike? This. <laughs> Wait, what? This yeah. is Twin Peaks time travel. <laughs> it's not, by the way. Okay, so just so we all know. It's not this Mi- is Mike. It's not Mike. <laughs> this is Mike. And it puts a whole new light on the first two seasons. Which Mike? Mike. That Mike, okay. <laughs> well, Mike. Coolest guy in school, Mike, okay. Yes. The man. Mike is Wrestling dead. champion. Mike the man. But it's older Mike. Oh. And he's come back from the future. To be a So bad he has existed. And make $10,000. In <laughs> Yes. <laughs> After Nadine left him, his life he went to out, shit. He figured out time. So this is a, a world-weary, time-hardened version of Mike. This is... Yeah. I love it. I want this comic. <laughs> <laughs> you want that deep dive into yeah. the... Yeah, this is what happened. So this is really Mike. Okay. But in the first two seasons, we have Mike as we know it. Gets... Gets in with Nadine, and she leaves him. His life goes crazy. Just spirals down. And then in the 10, ten years, time travel is perfected, obviously. Of course. Um, in the early 2000s, uh, Y2K hit. He lost all of his money due to investing in Enron or whatever. And then... Time travels back to the week Laura Palmer killed. Tries to kill Bobby because he never would have gotten into any of the shit in his life if Bobby wasn't around. So he's he's trying to butterfly effect himself. Yes. (laughs) To not be a broken person. And that's what happened. It's a theory. Okay. Canon. It's very interesting. I don't know how to follow that. Anyway, Bobby kills this guy (laughs) and starts. They think it's Mike because they're so. It's even, funny because like Laura's like you that. killed Mike and he's like shut up no I didn't is it was it Mike what oh my gosh <laughs> but then he starts trying to bury him like yeah. by digging a hole with his hands yeah. and Laura loves it yeah she's just giggling she's just and cracking up next day yep coolest guy in town shows up to the Palmer house mm-hmm. on his Hurley Davidson on the hog the Hurley Davidson <laughs> and um, it's James Hurley James is up this was where this was yeah this is where we coined the phrase right into the Jameser zone. I don't know they just have a quick chat. He looks sad, like he does most of the time. Usually, yeah. Where were you last night? Bobby was killing someone. All I remember, Leland, Leland just comes out and is like watching him. Yeah, giving this stern. Uh, you should being a spooky creep. Yeah, move on. So then things get uncomfortable. Yes. Leland gives Sarah a glass of milk. Which we know from the series that he would drug her before he would nightly. Yeah, yeah. Before he would get into Bob. You think at some point she'd stop taking the milk, right? She's like, "Oh, I'm getting drugged for sure." This was interesting because I think at the beginning of this scene, it shows the staircase and the fan is off. Yes, I think that's very. Important. And I actually called it out. I was like, "Oh, the fan's not on." Mm-hmm. And then we get the whole drugging Sarah thing and then Leland goes out into the hallway and turns the fan on that was very smart yes because I never knew the 
significance of the fan. Yeah, I never understood it. I was like, okay, it's a fan, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a visual that like Lynch yeah. liked. And... But it showed it enough in the series for me to say, oh, oh yeah. the fan's not on. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, that is a cool detail. Like it's, it, it, That's the, what it's getting the electricity moving in that house. <laughs> the series is really good about like putting something in your mind without you realizing it's being put in your mind. Yeah. yeah. Like the fan stands Inception. Out. How Christopher Nolan came up? Yeah, I have no doubt that that movie was inspired by Twin Peaks <laughs> or Firewalk with Me. Uh, Sarah sees the pale white horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is also when I was thinking. You, it's it's such a common thing in old movies, and even I've heard it in, even in songs before. But just like you know, yeah, I'm gonna come climb through the window. You know, and mm-hmm. we'll. This just this just makes this. Clarissa explains it all. Sure. Yeah. Exactly that. It, it almost makes such a, I don't want to call it an innocent thing, but such a, you know, it's something you've seen a million times. Yeah. And then you see it like this. And something kids do. Yeah. You see it like this, and it's just mm-hmm. the most disturbing thing ever. Oh, it goes from a lighthearted thing that, you know, kids sneak out at night or they yeah. sneak into rooms at night yeah. to home invasion. It crosses cool. that line. Yeah. Like, this isn't fun. Yeah. This is a crime. Yeah. Indeed. This is certainly, definitely the most uncomfortable scene of the movie i know from what i've seen in interviews and read from a lot of fans is especially ones who have uh had this happen to them this kind of like abuse at home mm-hmm. um have praised Shirley in this performance and you know bringing some of these topics to light because again this is not something that's comfortable for everyone to even th- appro- even like comprehend that this is even something that even happens yeah how do you conceive this story right and then convince people right. to portray it. Right. Yeah. It's very it's 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 very touchy. It's a very you know I I think it's handled in a good way because you have the visual is Bob. Yeah. Coming in through the window. It's Bob getting into bed with Laura and she is reacting to a presence she doesn't see. She has her eyes closed and it could be a dream for her at this point. Like it, yeah. it could just be, is that why she's into it? That's, that's what I think is that, you know, her eyes are closed. She's kind of writhing. She's kind of moaning. It's it seems almost pleasurable. And then when she opens her eyes and sees Bob, she's well, she scared. Asks, and she also, a- yeah, she asks, who are you? And then she says, yeah. who are you? And then she realizes, Oh, she already knows who's th- who this is. Mm-hmm. And then you have the visual of Leland and then it's just like, Oh, this is too real. Yeah. yeah, yeah, way too like, real. Like this is happening. That is her father, and this is just a horror show. Yep. And she reacts appropriately. Yeah, it, it just makes it very visceral mm-hmm. in that moment. It's like, I think it took that image to really understand the horror of what this poor girl went through yeah. since she was twelve at yeah. this point. Yeah, and she's eighteen. Eighteen. Yep. So of of course something like this is so traumatic that it drove this character to find these escapes and find her self worth mm-hmm. in you know just these types of acts. Yeah. Did she find her self worth? <laughs> Doubt it. <laughs> but to, if if you're defining yourself by that at that point, then it it's what you make it. You know, right. if, if you're disillusioned to think that this is what people want from me, and I, like, I mean I, can, I, I can't deserve. pretend that I can relate or know. But <laughs> sure. I can try to understand that, I guess. I, I do understand the psychology of it because I've, you know, I, I, I've encountered things of this nature just like in people that I've met and conversations I've had. 
like I understand what this sort of psychology does to somebody where yeah. you where you look for acceptance in any place you can get it even if it's not good for you and right. you know that it's not good for you and okay. you know that you deserve yeah. more no i get that but you've defined yourself in this way yeah yeah and the scene that follows um i mentioned earlier you know she's it's when she confronts leland and or he comes up to her room and you know she's just like stay away from me i love mm-hmm. i love the delivery in that line in the at the breakfast table, this is. I mean, I think they're at the breakfast table, and then she runs upstairs because you know, she's still just like traumatized. Yeah. So she actually runs upstairs, I guess, to get her books or something for school and for like, Satchel. Yeah, he's like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And that's when we like as she leaves. That's when we get that look on Leland's face, where it's just you see it him turning into Bob. Basically, this ends today. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much. I wonder if it's sometimes Bob. Pretending to be Leland and pretending to not understand what's going on. Yeah. Just to like cat and mouse it. Yeah. I don't, I mean, see, that's what I'm wondering if it, Leland it always knows. Yeah. Or because I, I don't like think he of, knows. I, mean, I think he was right. genuinely like, what's wrong? Yeah, I do too. And I think that's just then it's just that thing of Bob overtaking him. Yeah. Because you know? I still think Bob, even if he's not Bob, I think he's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he's <laughs> still there. Right. And no, yeah, he's always. He's always there. There. Right. Yeah. So we get this. We get <laughs> it's like this, Santa. Yeah. We get this quick scene. I'm pretty sure it, it's made up to look like the same classroom when they find out Laura died with the painting and stuff. I don't know if it but actually then, is. But that but, screaming girl in the courtyard. Yeah. And where mm-hmm. we got the James forehead. <laughs> Breaking <laughs> the pencil. And he's, and he's there on that same desk. But she's freaking out. The clock's spinning, you know, time in Twin Peaks. It's, yeah. it's all right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. right there for us. We go to what I believe is Bobby's house because um, she's there looking for drugs. She's mm-hmm. kind of making out with him a little bit, but he's like, you don't want me. You really just want the drugs. Yeah. And you got yeah, it. Yeah, that's what she wants. It's like, yep, correct. Nailed it. Um, and they say you're dumb. Again, this doesn't track into the series because he's like, she loved me and I loved her. It's like, no, you find out here that she was using you to get drugs. Yeah. Bobby was in denial. And then he, he has that breakdown in the series later too where he's like, like I was giving her drugs. Like I was, I was selling them to her, yeah. and it's like, yeah, you you knew that what you had was not a real relationship. Well, I also think him saying here. I also think him saying that too was just him trying to sound like because they were because everyone thought they were together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James. I think it was just him trying to save face and cover his own ass to not get arrested yeah, for her murder. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we do get a quick moment. Um, not, I don't, I don't know that it's. I like it because it's basically Sarah seeing her the last time. Um, she's just kind of walking through the living room and just kind of tells her good night. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not much more to it than that. Is this where the painting changes? This is where the painting changes. Yeah, she's still doing cocaine in her room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, putting on her clothes for the night because she knows she's going to party with Havarti, Jacques, and Leo, and Ronette. Yeah, that's when the angel goes. Missing from just the disappears picture. from the picture because angels won't save you. You know how angels work in Twin Peaks. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They show up to Twin Peaks. Go nope. nope. So James comes to pick her up because he thinks they're having a night together. I guess she double booked. Another one of my favorite shots: Leland looking out the window here, where he comes into frame and mm-hmm. stares. It's a great shot, mm-hmm. but they speed away on his hog and. This is the scene, though. Off you know, into the James zone. Laura says a lot of stuff here, and I w- this yeah. is the scene where I always think of uh, 
it's in one of the first few episodes, maybe the pilot, I can't remember, but he's, he, I don't even remember who he's talking to, but James is like, Laura said a lot of nutty stuff. Yeah. And this is the scene that is that. She says like, a lot of nutty a stuff. A lot of nutty stuff. Yeah. Um, also, if you go watch the pilot, especially after watching this and watch those first few episodes, totally different experience. Mm-hmm. Totally different experience. I recommend it. I'll have to try that. It's awesome. Um, especially because when James is describing the, he describes the scene to Donna, like he describes it to her in the pilot. We're mm-hmm. seeing this played to life, so that's really cool. For me, as far as all the stuff that she says, my favorite line in here is, uh, I may be getting it wrong exactly, but she's like, your Laura disappeared. Yeah, uh, yeah, your Laura is gone or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And she never says that that's the night she's going to die. No. Which was the big one. But I think she knows it, especially the weird, like when she leaves him finally, that mm-hmm. weird just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's almost kind of goes just like i think she's just like freaking out she's like i'm never gonna see you again probably yeah and she kind of just wants to get it over with i think yeah. at that point um tyler's favorite part of the scene i'm pretty sure is when she starts mocking james and slaps him <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah she, oh yeah she really kind of roller coasters through her she moods does. here yeah. she screams at something yep she just screams and he like looks back okay <laughs> yep <laughs> You see an owl? Yeah, it's like, is she seeing things? Is she just strung out? Is where where is her mind right now? Everywhere. She mentions, and, <laughs> yes. and it's all over the place because she mentions Bobby killing a guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Bobby didn't kill anybody. <laughs> it's like, don't, don't be silly. Like, don't be silly. Bobby yeah. didn't kill anybody. Come on. He killed Mike. Just, <laughs> I just saw him at school earlier. He's the man. I love her reaction to that though. Like when, it, like once she realized what he said to him, she's mm-hmm. just like. <laughs> you're right like, like, oh yeah <laughs> yeah this whole this whole scene it, it's a roller coaster it's it's Which is like yeah lot. noticeably absent was that she never said that tonight's the night i'm gonna die which yeah. is what james said he told her or, or she told him <laughs> so we're she runs off into the woods mm-hmm. where magically waiting <laughs> is leo jacques yep. and they go to the cabin what are they doing uh, partying down. Partying down. <laughs> Having a good time. Waldo's watching. Having a real big time. Waldo. Yeah, Waldo is present. <laughs> is this the same bird actor? <laughs> I'm going to have to look at some side-by-side shots. No, they actually exploded that bird in, <laughs> in the series. They had to get a new one. <laughs> I forgot at the end of that episode in the credits, it said one bird was harmed in the filming of this episode. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. It was Waldo. <laughs> Uh, Waldo's not the only one watching. Leland shows up and looks through the window. And mm-hmm. He's horrifying. What kind of magazine is um, that? Jacques, Jacques <laughs> goes out. Jacques goes out to take a leak. Yep. And gets. He bites the out. bullet. Yeah, he bit the bullet. I, just, I, I know you have a hard time with the bite the bullet. Thing. I have a hard know, time yeah. that all of the things that were explained to Cooper at the table don't happen in this scene. You know what? I bet they didn't. Jacques was trying to make it sound way cooler than what it was. But the poker chip. Yeah, I agree with the poker chip. The poker chip. Where's the poker chip? Where's that Where's that it's, bit? It's on the floor. Where was... Because, like, they start to tie her up, and it doesn't get very far before Jacques steps outside. Yeah. Like, Waldo never gets on her shoulder. It's... None of the things happen that... Like, Jacques laid out the details of the night. See, and, and it's stuff happen. like that that makes me think that the... Donna, Laura stuff that happened with Buck and Boy, brother boy. man, brother, brother man. man, brother man, boy, Buck and brother man, boy. um, was 
just a misremembrance when Donna was recanting all of that to Martin Short. It's a completely different but story, it's, it's, though. But it's kind of like, I don't know. There's it's, a whole thing about like going skinny dipping together and like having met the boys before. It's Maybe that was all a dream. Oh, my God. Wow. I can't even handle Or maybe that. she just made up a story to tell Harold in that moment so I she could get in there. I would not put that past that Donna. And I just now thought that that might be a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Mike's running around <laughs> out here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike's trying to get where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Well, Leo, I guess I should mention, makes me laugh because he gets his stuff and leaves. And she's like, untie me. And he's just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. It's like, yeah, Leo, of course, you're just getting out of here. And he speeds away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Leland walks in, very frightening because she sees that it's her dad. Mm-hmm. And, and he's that- like... Mask off at yeah. this point. Yeah, and they will scream. That shot of him running through the woods with them, like almost like horses, like just yeah, like he's just, like he's driving a carriage. Yeah, it's like what is going on? It's like it, and it kind of answered my question. Like, how does one person get two people to a location by themselves? They're already tied up together. They're already tied up. They're already lashed yeah. together, and you just drive them like <laughs> yeah. get along, little doggies. Get along, little doggie. Um, so we go to the train car. What a Frightening place this is. Yeah, it? this is a Silent Hill location. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. This is a rusted out, disgusting box <laughs> where you're about to die, and it's not ideal. PT Silent Hills. Um, yep. <laughs> one of the RIP. One of the cool things that they did in this scene was when Leland put the mirror in front of her. Yeah. You see where like Bob almost, almost gets her. Mm-hmm. Then you get that weird shot of uh, the arm like laughing. He's just like, I love chaos. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, that character took a huge turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love chaos. Uh, but we get the I thought you knew it was me from Leland. And like that that shot, too, of her. I read that this was what they shot on the last day, which happened to be on Halloween, of course. Spooky. Um, <laughs> but unusual, too, I feel like, for the last scene of a movie to be shot on the last day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're like, Leland's coming in one frame on one side of the frame, and Bob's coming in on the other side of the frame. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. It's a very good shot. Yeah. And it's... But we do see that an angel comes to save Renette. Yeah. Um, the angel from... From the picture. The picture. That left. The angel that left Laura. Mm-hmm. Again, another thing where I, I wish it was kind of a, a painting... Or a Paper Mario type <laughs> yeah. character that came down. Yeah. But yeah, Renat plops out of the... She gets knocked out and just falls out of the train. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get the classic Lynch spotlight in yeah. the train car when the ring gets thrown in by Mike and it just lands in the center of the circle spotlight. If only he had two arms, he could have climbed in there and done it himself. <laughs> I guess. He was... Here comes the two-armor now. Gave no <laughs> shits about run in. <laughs> He didn't. He just like he literally steps over her and just leaves. Yeah. Get out of my way. <laughs> so I also get confused here with the ring too, because you know C- Cooper tells her not to take the ring. Yeah. So I don't think Cooper knows what the ring does. He does. I think Cooper doesn't understand the arm if he's good or bad either. I don't. Which I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he. I think he's in the same boat as we are because why would he not want her to take the ring? She would have gotten possessed by Bob. Mm-hmm. So I think he's confused. Maybe it was uh, Boop. Whoa. It's another discussion. Whoa. For well, I guess it wouldn't wouldn't um, be if it was... Doppelkoop. Right. Another yeah. crazy visual here is when he actually wraps her in plastic. Yeah. That is... 
just wasn't and expecting it, to and see it must that. have just been there yeah. <laughs> like it was just in the car he put it there earlier in the day it's possible that's that's possible well, he's got i mean he's got a plastic guy <laughs> he does <laughs> i'll call my plastic guy so laura palmer has died yep well let's take a moment well she doesn't just die she is stabbed to death a lot yeah yeah well, like viscerally yeah. and graphically yeah but yeah, 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 she died. We can. Our little Laura disappeared. And the fuse is lit. The fire? Yes. The fire. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me what you desire. So he carries, he carries, uh, Laura puts her in the water. Mm-hmm. And then proceeds to head to Glastonbury Grove, where he enters the Red Room. He just strolls right in where Mike and the arm are w- waiting for him. With open yeah. arm. Like, With open arm. Yeah, and he like levitates. Just floating. Which is what does that mean? Crazy visual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mike and the arm want all of their Garmin Bozy up. They've come to collect from Bob because he just took all of Laura's Garmin Bozy. What is that again? Pain, pain and, and sorrow. sorrow. Oh, I see. They feed off of everyone's pain. They all do, all the spirits, any just even they want their the cans good ones of creamed corn. Uh, clearly, I mean we don't know that they're good. It's very the waiter, ghost food. The ghost giant food. who is infatuated <sighs> with coop, the giant slash waiter. It was supposed. We to can't be say me. because we've never seen them eat it, but we see the arm eat it. Yep. Um, he's eaten it in the form of cream corn earlier in the meeting above the convenience store, and now it's. Blood, I guess. Quite a change. Also, he's demanding this from Bob, but why is he? Why is Mike entitled to it? I was like, "Hey, that's mine," because <laughs> Mike wasn't hunting Laura. No, he, he just was trying to stop Bob. Prevent Laura from being taken over. It's the only way they survived. Have, you, not, have you guys not read the book on Garmin Bozian? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? I wrote the book on Garmin Bozian. <laughs> I adapted the screenplay for Garmin Bogia. I recorded the audiobook. I did the key art for the graphic novel of Garmin Bogia. I saw it on the bookshelf of Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Bogia. We're done? I don't. What's up? <laughs> That's cool. I was well, just letting you guys have your conversation. <laughs> it's, I, I just think it's really weird that he's able to demand the ghost food from Bob that he just legitimately got fair and square. Yeah. And he, it's like he went there to give it to him. I was like, what, what, what is he doing? Who knows? What is this? Then he oh, baby yeah. birds it to him. He throws it up so that he baby birds it to us. so that he can drink it. Yep. Mama, Mama bird or whatever. Mama bird the cream corn. Yeah, Mama birds the cream corn. So he just like vomits blood for a, a, a too long. I mean, we, we've all been. Maybe there. that's why he wanted to give her the ring. That was the only way he can get it. It's not like he was trying to save her from anything. He was just hungry? Yeah. I don't understand. You live what? above a convenience just store. Just go her, down and get some corn. You wanted her pain, pain and sorrow. She harvests the most of it. Look at how all the shit she's been through. Yeah, because because of Bob. I feel like right. that's Bob's. He This he, he this is that. a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother discussion. episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should we should continue on the story that's, of the yeah. of the movie. Yeah. What's next? This was before yeah. Is this yeah. the red room where like everybody's there? Everybody? Yeah. It's just 
Is it just that they're, I thought like those. the waiter and no, that's all from season two. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's no giant or waiter in this movie. Mm-hmm. We get that quick shot of the monkey saying Judy, <laughs> Jack. Um, yeah. see the shot from the pilot, like them, like when they find Laura just uncovering, mm-hmm. uncovering her wrapped in plastic, mm-hmm. and then we go back to the red room where Cooper's standing over, almost like her guardian angel. Mm-hmm. She's crying, but she's also happy now. It's mm-hmm. like all everything's been. Yeah, the pain it, has been stripped away. Yeah, it's like this bright light is an angel coming but, coming to help, but but this isn't the Laura that's in the red room twenty five years later. It, I feel like I it mean, can't I assume be. it's all the same. I don't know how. But doesn't she say I'm not Laura Palmer? She says a lot of nutty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> listeners, look out for that poll: irresponsible or smart? No, there's doppelganger Laura too. But they, she doesn't have wide eyes. This this scene feels like a conclusion to Laura Palmer Proper's story. Yeah, it's like she's in the room, but and uh, they even call it the waiting room at the end of season two. So it's like this is where you wait to be taken away to the afterlife, and like this is her opportunity to leave and be happy finally in her afterlife. But. Laura Palmer, as we know her through season one and two, is a tormented, trapped soul. So this ha- feels like it has to happen after season two, this scene. Because it feels like a conclusion. Yeah. I guess I take it as this happens right after she died. Like this feels like this feels like to me like it has to be the trapped good Dale yeah. and Laura yeah. and her finally getting to leave. Yeah. And that's why she's so happy. Right. Well, and that would have to be after season two. But good Dale is not. If we're calling this a, a prequel and a sequel, like this has to be for sure the sequel scene yeah. for it to make sense for me. Yeah, that's fine. Because you can't release Laura's spirit and her be happy and still have the town be haunted like it is. Yeah. And that, Boom, Dave solved that, it. That, that's <laughs> that's Firewalk right. With Me. That's the hill I'm going to yeah, die on. Perfect. Yeah, that, that's Firewalk With Me. That's that, Those are the events and those are those are our thoughts and feelings. If you If you have more to say if let you us know. Let us know. yeah if, if there's something that we we should have reflected on or or deep dived on if there's anything else you want us to hear us talk about for however long yeah. tell uh, us dave any final thoughts uh yeah yeah as as a companion piece to the series this is good it does answer some questions it it handles some of the the canon and the subject material a little clumsily but it's it's a fine experience like especially the first half is fun and then it gets to be just like oh, things... the part that's not related to anything <laughs> right <laughs> and then you get the stuff that is the visual of what we've heard mostly and a lot of things that we have heard that should be there that aren't and like between it being a little clumsy and uncomfortable it's it's not fun on the back half, but it's it's good to put faces to names and to watch events play out and to have a better understanding of some of the experiences of the characters. I think that's good. As a movie, this does not work. It it breaks too many rules and doesn't connect its enough. own rules. Yeah, and it doesn't connect enough with the the source material. Even though it is David Lynch directed, and like it, it is his vision, it just it takes too many liberties to be its own thing. You have to have the context of the series, or it doesn't work. Tyler, 
interesting, definitely. Um, I was into it. There wasn't really a moment where I was like, I don't, you know, I don't need, this is a terrible film I and this. I don't need to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Um, this. It definitely, in true Twin Peaks fashion, definitely offered up way more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, again, going with the theme of this episode of irresponsibility. Um, I just, I just have so, so many questions. Um, I'm, I need to know more about old Mike <laughs> and time travel, but I wasn't disappointed. That's good. Patrick, do you have any final thoughts? For me, when I first saw it, I was disappointed because I didn't know anything about it. I just jumped right in as soon as I finished the season. Oh, that's like, your what mistake. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd been, uh, I wish I'd just been given a little bit of a heads up. That's, yeah. that's on me. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know I needed. A I was given many a heads yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I think you have to go in cold. Yeah. Um, that being not. said, <laughs> in my first rewatch, I was like, "Man, what is what is this?" Mm-hmm. However, that was all happening to me right before I was jumping into the return, so I was still able to kind of just keep moving. But the more and more I've watched it, the more and more things I've picked up on, the more and more things I've grown to appreciate, especially visually. I think there's just some truly incredible artistic scenes in this movie. Um, and it makes, and as much as like you can say, this year, going back and rewatching the series changes after the Leland reveal in the middle of season two, uh, that happens even again here. Because like I said, mm-hmm. if you go back and rewatch, start watching those first few episodes immediately after watching this, it's like you're seeing Pete find her body. It's like, we just saw her alive. It's just totally, yeah. it's a totally different experience. And even especially with the stuff with electricity, even though it was a happy accident, that scene in the pilot when the lights are flickering, mm-hmm. when they're looking at her body, you look at it in a completely different, just in a different light. Right. And you can say that about the whole thing. But, but yeah, and I know, and I can see why anybody would not like this. The humor and the soapiness of the original series is pretty much gone. Yeah, there's humor in the, in the first half hour some, but it's different. I do love it. And the more and more I've watched it, the more and more I've appreciated it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is, excuse me, a damn fine. A damn, this line is good. So I think we can all agree that there's a lot. A lot of lines. There's a lot of lines tonight. It was uh, difficult to choose from all the good lines. The feature-length presentation's worth of words and lines. Yes. I'd like to start, if I, if you don't mind. Um, Would you? Would my, you indeed? My line comes from the long-lost Philip Jeffries. I, I don't know if you, if you may not remember this. This happened... In the first 30 minutes of the movie, <laughs> might have forgotten about it. But this is uh, when he enters um, the FBI offices in Philadelphia. I'm not going to talk about Judy. In fact, we're not going to talk about Judy at all. We're going to keep her out of it. That sounds good to me, Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> we will not talk about her. I will not talk about Judy. I think we will talk about her a little more next week, though, on our Missing Pieces episode. Will we? We will. Dave, what's your line? Well, before I mention my line, I'm going to have a sip from my cup here and have a big old swig of what I now call, I'll just, I'll let the line do the talking. Well, I'm going to make myself a cup of Good Morning America. Y'all want some? Good morning, Y'all America. want some? <laughs> I've been saying that every single day. Tyler. Sorry to disturb you, but we need to see Teresa Banks' trailer, please. Oh, shit. That goddamn trailer is more popular than Uncle's Day in a Whorehouse. Oh, that's that's Carl Carl Rod. 
Car, 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 car ramrod. Car ramrod. <laughs> those are some damn fine yeah. lines, but those are not our only lines tonight because we thought it'd be fun to actually also each choose a damn fine Laura line. Laura. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah Palmer, for the intro. So good. My Laura line uh, comes from the scene uh, when she's standing in her living room getting ready to go out for a night on the town when Donna visits her, and, and um, she delivers this line. Hell yeah. Are you going to see James tonight? Why are you suddenly so interested in who I'm going to see at night? Nighttime is my time. You're telling me. You're telling me. <laughs> I like Donna's reaction too. Also, um, one of my favorite pop albums from the 2010s, uh, an artist named Sky Ferreira, like her only album she ever put out in 2013. She named the food it, critic. <laughs> yes, the food critic. Empty Wentz did a pop album. <laughs> no, Sky Ferreira put yes. out an album and it's called Nighttime My Time and it's named after that line in that scene, which I think is pretty cool. Sweet. My line also comes from an exchange of between Donna and Laura. Ooh. If you didn't, if you couldn't guess that Laura was going to be involved. I wondered. I knew. <laughs> Where are you going? Nowhere fast. And you're not coming. Yeah. Mm. That's pretty good. Dude, that music, good. that, that, oh, Angelo gets yeah, me. I know. Dave. Dave. What, what is, is your Laura line? line? I think my Laura line is the line of cocaine she does with the power and the glory. Oh! oh! <laughs> that is a damn fine Loreline, if I do say so myself. <laughs> it was thick, son. <laughs> oh, Ooh. man. Uh, Those were our damn fine lines of the night. Laura edition. We got to rate this movie on a scale that only we know. As talking foreheads. There's only one way to do it. Talking foreheads. I can't. I just can't. Just can't. James! You're going to have to. Do you want me to start? Do you guys want to start? Uh, you, you start. Okay. It's five for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Nobody's on that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm not saying it's perfect by any means, but I get I get something out of it every time I watch. That's art. Having not seen all of The Return and having only seen the movie twice, I'm sure that there are things that I can't connect and haven't put together or haven't appreciated about the movie. Uh, again, for me, as if I'm writing this as a movie or even as a companion piece to this, it feels incomplete. But there's a lot of fun to be had in the first hour or so. And there are a lot of good connections in the back half. Uh, there's a lot of disconnect and there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't work for me in it. But I also did have a good time. 
And I, you said this is a trip. Was your words? It, it a is trip. a trip. It is a trip. And uh, I think I will still give it a four. Just four. Because I am going to go back. It, it does leave me wanting more, and I feel like I can parse more out of it if I go back and really dig in more. So I feel like there's more here, and that's where the four comes from. Tyler? This is hard. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah it is. I've been, I've been struggling with this for the past couple of days. Five was never on the table. Right. Four <laughs> was on the table. As we discussed everything, things would come up, and I would formulate my opinion based on things that I missed and we discussed. Um, so because of that, it is a three and a half. Just three and a half. I like it. I feel like that is very fair. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely fair. <laughs> I, I, was, I was kind of on a, on a shaky meter between three and a half and four. And... Like you said, Tyler, like finding out what I missed and the the little bits that show me that there is more to get out of this is where the four comes from. It's like this is this is an untapped mine mm-hmm. that I've only seen you know, a little bit of. So I'm I mean I am going to give it its due diligence and really get in and dig out what there is to be found here. But I think those are all fair scores, and uh, that has been talking foreheads. Talking Fire Walk With Me edition. Thank you all for sticking with us through this crazy discussion on this movie. If there are things that you got out of this film that you think that we should have touched on, any topics that we should have brought up, uh, you can hit us up at TalkingBackwardsPod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at TalkingBackwardsPod. Patrick? You can hit us up on Twitter at TalkingBackward. Tyler? Anchor. .fm slash TalkingBackwards. That's home base. And we just found out recently that if you feel the need, you can support us via Anchor. Uh, we've had a couple people actually decide to support the show, and that's going to help us make this bigger and better. So, Thank you all. Yeah. I raise this coffee mug to you. I will also raise, raise my glass. Cheers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. and uh, We'll see you next week for the missing pieces. Yes.